Hello, I'm Jess Ratcliffe, and you're listening to the Unleash Your Extraordinary podcast. Thank you for being here. If you listened last week, you'll know that as of today, it is my intention to be more intentional. Can you use that twice in a sentence? With each episode. And so I thought I'd start that by actually introducing myself a little bit. And the chances are that if you're listening, we've probably met in some way or you've been to a workshop that I've run. But in case we don't yet know each other or that you'd simply enjoy hearing me introduce myself, here we go. So after coaching hundreds of people over the last two years in groups, teams and one-on-one, I've developed a simple like three-step framework called Unleash Your Extraordinary for building the people we want to be, like we're building a successful product. And really, when I think about this, I was having a conversation with a friend over lunch the other day, and I realized that I'm not your typical coach. Like, I am so proud to say that I'm not your typical coach. I started my first business when I was 19, and I've spent the last 10 years building products in gaming and digital healthcare in London and San Francisco. And I'm also proud to say that my clients aren't your typical coachees. They're not the typical people who think of getting a coach because I'm not for the people who are at the top of their game or the top of their field or even the top of their org structure, right? Which is where so often coaching is reserved for the C-suite and the executives. I'm not for the people that are at the top already. I'm for the ones who are on their way who are hungry for growth, driven by impact, and have a vision that feels so big that it's a little scary, right? And we spend most of our time flipping back and forth between believing it's possible, believing in ourselves, and then fearing that we might never get there. And oh my God, is it scary when that latter one takes hold and we start slipping down into all of the what ifs and the fears and the doubts and the overthinking. And so I'm for the people who like myself both now, but also massively sort of two years ago when this journey started for me, I'm for the people who are tired of feeling slowed down by self-doubt and who dream of taking action without overthinking, showing up with confidence and being the person who does it, who reaches the next level of their potential and turns that vision into reality and becomes the person they know they can be who takes that vision that might have been with them since, like myself, the age of 15, and actually decides, I'm going to make it happen. So if you're listening to this, and you're nodding internally or externally with me here, this podcast is for you. And you're my kind of person. And also, I wanted to say that if you have been listening so far, I would so appreciate you sharing this podcast or this specific episode with a friend, anyone who comes to mind who you think would also have been nodding along with us there, I would so appreciate you sharing this podcast with them. Or, and I now realize the importance of this when we hear it in so many other podcasts, if you have a moment, I would so also appreciate a review on iTunes. You know, we hear everyone sort of say that and it always goes over my head when I'm just listening to the podcast. And then now actually having a podcast, I realize how important it is and how lovely it is to start getting some reviews coming in. So if you've been listening along so far and through previous episodes have found this helpful, or simply just enjoy it, I would so appreciate a rating and review in iTunes. Thank you. So let's move on. And I guess actually now I'll start maybe more by also, again, inspired by a conversation with a friend this week, talking about my mission. 
So again, in this sort of recapping my intro, knowing that you probably know me already, it is my mission to help you build the mindset, confidence and actionable tools to catch and control your inner talk, you know, to take action without that overthinking and to show up with everything you've got so that you can reach the next level of your potential, whatever that looks like for you. But really so that when that self-doubt kicks in, right, which is the problem I'm on a mission to solve is that self-doubt, the thing that can hold us back the most, you know, and it manifests in that fear of failure, fear of rejection, playing small, overthinking, procrastinating, you know, all of that comes from this place where deep down, there's just that seed of doubt, or maybe sometimes it's a massive oak tree of doubt as to whether we can actually do what we have in mind. So it is my mission to help you build the mindset, confidence, and actionable tools to be able to take control of that self-doubt, shift it towards self-belief, and reach the next level of your potential. And so today, I thought also, given that we're sort of having a bit of a refresh here, I'd start by taking us through, as the title suggests, how we can build ourselves like a product. And the three lenses specifically from the world of product development or a product mindset, as it's called, that we can apply to our personal development. And this really is the sort of foundation of where this work started for me, particularly from my background, but very much, you know, the sort of story that I might have mentioned, which is now over two years ago, where I started applying this mindset to myself with absolutely no idea and just an inkling that there was something bigger, but no idea of what that looked like. It was following that inkling and applying these lenses to myself, to the features I wanted to build and the person I wanted to become that has now two years later allowed me to move from someone who would be terrified about public speaking to be speaking in front of hundreds of people. One of those sessions being next week, actually, where I think there's going to be about 200 people at an event that I'm speaking at. And I never would have imagined that that would have been possible even just three years ago, you know, speaking in team meetings would have made me nervous. And, and that shift, being able to actually catch that as something that I want to work on, a feature I want to build in myself and make it happen is just one example of how I've applied a product mindset and the sort of lenses of product development to my personal development. So by the end of this episode, my intention is to spark a mindset shift and help you identify the next steps that if you are feeling a little blocked because your vision feels a little foggy or you know that overthinking is holding you back from taking action, helping you identify the next steps to move from that feeling blocked, feeling slowed down to helping you take action, take control and move forward. But before we dive in, I also wanted to start in these episodes sharing, I guess, a little reflection or learnings that I've experienced in each week obviously as I sort of show up to this weekly lots can happen in a week and I'm you know I find myself coaching people and running group workshops and working with teams and there's so much intel in that right so many insights that I just think might be helpful to share so one that I wanted to share with you is on that point of clarity and and when our vision might feel a little foggy and it's that when it feels like you're lacking clarity it can be a powerful starting point to actually define what you don't want or who you're not for, to hone in on what you do want and who you are for. 
you know, so as as you might have heard or picked up on in the intro, you know, I very specifically said I'm not for the people who are at the top of their game, top of their field, or top of their org structure. And the reason for that is that I'm for the people who are on their way, right? Who have that in their sights, whatever that looks like for them. And they're not content with where they are now, not in a beating ourselves up or hating where we are way, but just that we're so hungry for growth that we'll never be content, right? We're always looking at how we can feel more fulfilled or seek that growth, create that change. And it's those people that are my kind of people. And so that's that's an example where if you find that you're struggling either in defining the vision you have for yourself, or maybe it's a project you're working on or a product you're building, and maybe it's getting down to, you know, what are we doing here or who is this for? What's the sort of purpose? If there's a struggle with that in terms of defining the more positive side of who this is for or what we do want to do, maybe try playing around with the opposite, right? What we know for sure that it's not for or who it's not for and what we don't want. So anyway, I thought that would be a helpful learning that, yeah, definitely was a thread of conversations this week that has then, and has always helped me to then further hone in on what I do want by first of all, looking at what I know for sure I don't want. And it's always typical that, of course, uh, you know, we're much more aware, aware of what we don't want than what we do. So by defining that first, it can then help us look at the opposite of what we don't want to shine a light on what we do. Anyway, let's dive in to today's topic on how we can apply a product mindset to our personal development. And so I wanted to guide you through three lenses. The first, a good product solves a real problem, right? It focuses on solving a real customer pain. It closes a gap between what we want, like our future state and where we are. So an example of this is let's take, or And again, a sneaky, I was about to say Facebook, but again, they're very good at, they solved a problem for campuses when they started. And now actually, you know, they've almost built the product to be so successful that the problem is one that a few years ago, we maybe would have said didn't exist. Like seeing sort of photos of our friends as much as we do. But the core of what they were really solving back in the day where they started on the college campuses was belonging and community and connection you know, being able to be on a college campus and even though you're around thousands of people or hundreds of people, you could still feel lonely. And so the problem or the pain of that loneliness that they were solving and the solution that they did to to solve that pain of loneliness is create something that allowed you to see where your friends were at or which classes certain people are in that you might want to meet or updates for them to say that they're hanging out in this coffee shop so that you could go from feeling that pain of loneliness to finding that community and belonging. So that's just one example. If we think of another, let's take the sort of, I always hesitate to say that, but if we take Uber, which having been in San Francisco has some sort of, um, yeah, fans and people that don't like it. So I apologize if you're someone that's straight away like, oh, I don't like Uber. But let's just look at the problem that they're solving, right? And the reason that, again, they've been so successful is that they're solving the problem of one, time, and second, convenience. So if you look at someone wanting to get somewhere quickly, right, and rather than like navigate public transport or have to, I don't know, change lots of times or whatever it might be, it's allowing them to, from the comfort of wherever they are, 
call a car to come and take them to where they need to go. So it is saving them time and it is saving them the pain of it not being convenient. And so then, you know, on sort of on top of that, in terms of then affordability as well, they bring in things like Uberpool and, and such so that actually then it becomes quite affordable to get to where you need to get to. And, and my only last experience of this was in San Francisco. But the memory was that it was actually quite comparable to, to public transport in terms of Uberpool back then anyway. So it might have changed now. But again, just two examples there of products that are solving real problems that then now if they were to go away it would leave someone with a pain right that pain would come back and so that's the first lens solving real problems the second is validating assumptions so when we're building products again to build a successful one you want to do this thing called testing early and often and so by you know in order to do that you have to identify and then actually validate as early as possible through even paper prototypes or user research, user testing, the assumptions you're making that if they were to go unvalidated could really cause you a problem further down the line. A prime example of this that I always say is, let's imagine that you and I are about to build an app and we just make the assumption that we're going to build it for iPhone. If in the time, you know, actually we realize that since the last time we checked the data, everybody shifted to Android, then the assumption that we want to serve billions of people, millions of people with an iPhone app, if that was to go unvalidated, further down the line, we'd feel the pain that actually we should have built this on Android first. Again, bit of a silly example, but it brings to light the sort of product assumptions that you want to be validating. Obviously, like, obviously, a lot of those as well, you know, will focus around the customer that you're serving and, and do they actually experience the pain that we believe they're experiencing? And is the pain that we believe to be true the actual pain or is there something underneath that? So there's always a lot of assumptions which I'm sure come to life in the work that you do, whether that's working on certain projects, maybe you are in the world of product or even in marketing, looking at what do we need to validate in terms of, again, crazy example, but even looking at who are the type of people that are watching this program if we run the ad during this break? Are we making an assumption that this is going to land with them? And how do we test that? So that brings us on to after number one, solving real problems, and number two, validating assumptions. That brings us on to number three, iteratively building a solution. So you might have heard the term MVP in the product world. So that stands for minimum viable product. And that really means starting with the core set, like the minimum set of features that you could build that would actually start to solve that problem. So again, you're getting something out there in the world to test your assumptions and validate that there is a demand, a pain that you're solving that you've sort of believed to be true. So if we again imagine sort of making this a bit more real, if we go for the Facebook example, that back in the day could have literally just been, and again, they did it, right? They started just on Harvard campus. So that was their MVP, testing that by running a pilot in that small subset, that cohort of people who, based on the quantity of people that were there, if they could release, say, the smallest set of features that would allow them to test, do people use this? Do they make friends through it? Do they feel a sense of belonging? They could then roll that out, having tested those assumptions, to other campuses, and then it obviously became available to the billions of people that use it now. So that's sort of that example there, really. And 
Now, if we look at how we can apply these three lenses, more importantly, from the world of product development to our personal development and actually building ourselves, I'll sort of try and map across each three to what become personal development lenses and how we can apply that to ourselves. So number one, solving real problems. If we look at that, we can use that to ask ourselves, what's the pain that we're experiencing that we want to solve? You know, what is causing you pain at the moment? And what, if it persisted, would become a problem? So a few example pains might be doubting yourself and therefore holding back and playing small. You know, that is something that when we step back as the people we are who are hungry for growth, the fact that we're going slow because we're doubting ourselves or we're overthinking, as soon as we catch that that's happening, it almost creates, like even saying it out loud now, it gives me sort of this like in my chest, you know, it's for someone that is hungry for growth, like that is something that can cause us pain. That self-doubt, you know, in the way it manifests in terms of doubting ourselves, holding back and playing small. Maybe also there's the feeling of being lost or stuck because you're lacking clarity on what you want to do how you want to grow. So we have this hunger for growth, but we don't know how to channel it. And that creates a sense of frustration, again, a pain that we want to solve. And then maybe also to, I guess, kind of bring up an example that, you know, going back to the public speaking, it might be the nerves you feel presenting in meetings, or knowing that you're going to be speaking to or presenting to senior leaders in your team or company, and then feeling like because you're nervous, you're not coming across as you want to. And so that's a few examples there of some pains that when we sort of take that and apply it to ourselves in terms of obviously not the actual physical pain, but the sort of, I guess, spiritual pain, right, of the the self-doubt, the lacking clarity or the nerves we might feel and therefore not feeling like we're coming across as we want to. Once we've identified what's causing us pain, we can start to own the features that we want to build in ourselves. So I want to believe in myself more. I want to have clarity on where I'm going. And I want to feel confident running meetings and speaking with senior leaders or presenting to the team. These are just a few examples, but hopefully by running through them, your own are coming to mind as we're going through. And then from that, we can shift to validating our assumptions. So what assumptions are we believing about ourselves or others that we can test? So in the product world, that would have been what are we assuming to be true about our customers and their behaviors, but what in sort of our internal world, what are the beliefs, the self-limiting beliefs, the assumptions that we are creating, believing to be true about ourselves that actually are going untested? So a prime example is something like, oh God, I couldn't do that. I'm not ready for fill in the blank or no, 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 like I'm not good at public speaking, right? Is that something that is true or is that an assumption we're making and actually something that you know, I can sort of imagine my previous self at that point being like, yeah, it's true, Jess. But, you know, it might be, it might feel like that's true in this moment, but that is not a part of your identity for the foreseeable, right? That is an assumption that we can test, particularly something like, I'm not good at public speaking. You know, we could find a way, which almost naturally brings us into the next step of iteratively building a solution. How can we run a small test? How can we test the assumptions we're making about ourselves and take action to actually gather information, right? Receive data to then inform our next step. So closing the loop on that public speaking example, it could be the assumption I'm making is that I'm not good at public speaking. So what I'm going to do 
is practice in every situation I can, whether that's a small team meeting through to speaking up at an all hands or taking myself to Toastmasters or doing something where I have to speak in front of a group, in front of a form of public, I'm just going to practice and I'm going to test each time. I'm going to iterate on how it goes. I'm going to learn stuff and I'll know what to change and iterate on going forward. And so that sort of brings us into that iterating, right? That MVP. So based on the assumptions you've identified, what could you do to test them? How could you test the assumptions you're making? And not necessarily being focused on getting the ideal outcome that we want, but we're doing it to simply test our our assumptions, if I can even say the words. We're doing it to test our assumptions, test the hypotheses or ideas that we are believing to be true and that can so easily, because they're in our head, right, and because that carries weight and we naturally think, if I'm thinking them, they must be true, but what if we start to catch those thoughts, those assumptions, and actually start to see them as things to be tested versus these limiting, right? Because they do limit us, these limiting beliefs to be believed. And so now moving into actionable takeaways, which is obviously a big part of what I want to do here, as I mentioned at the beginning, is help you with the intention of this episode, identify a mindset shift and the next steps so that if you are feeling blocked or slowed down from listening to this episode, you can now start taking action and feel in control of what you're doing and get excited again about what you're able to test and experiment with and sort of play with in terms of the boundaries of what we typically put on ourselves. So to recap, I want to leave you with a few questions for reflection, which I hope, obviously, again, with it being quite personal to yourself, will spark ideas and actions that you can take away from this episode. So here we go. What's causing you pain at the moment? What belief or behavior is slowing you down or causing you to spend more time doubting yourself than believing in yourself and believing in what's possible for you? What belief or behavior is stealing your joy and what is no longer serving you or who you want to be? A prime example of this is overthinking, right? We believe that overthinking is planning or researching or being prepared, making sure it's going to be perfect. And actually, a lot of the time, that's our brain's very clever way and sneaky way of holding us back. Because while we're overthinking, literally hence the term overthinking, we're not taking action. So what's the belief or behavior that is no longer serving you or who you want to be? And then moving into testing our assumptions, what assumptions, based on what just came to mind, are you believing to be true about yourself, about what's possible for you, and even what those around you might be thinking? And how can you start to test those assumptions? What experiments can you run to test yourself, to gather information, right? To start playing with these assumptions and starting to break through these inner blockers that we put on ourselves. And so lastly, the mindset shift that I want to leave you with is test versus believe. So the next time that that inner talk kicks in, I want you to catch it, just notice it, just sort of become aware and be like, oh, that's interesting. That's just popped up. Or hey, I've just noticed that pattern. So I bet this is actually what I've been doing possibly this whole time, but I've only just caught it now. Because again, they're so sneaky, right? Because they are thoughts in our head. 
we genuinely equate them to other thoughts like the ideas we're having or the goals that we have or the ideas that we want to share with others. You know, they sit in that same category and so we give them the same weight. But actually what I'd love for you to do is the next time that you notice a narrative or a limiting belief or an inner talking sort of, you know, that inner talk kicking up, that you you actually catch on to thinking, that's trying to keep me small. Like if I follow that, it will keep me small versus allowing me to play bigger. Catch that assumption, catch that thought and just say to yourself, right, test versus believe and say, hmm, that's something to test. How do I test this versus just believe it? And so I'll give you lastly to wrap this up and make it a bit, bit more concrete. A prime example can be, who am I to do this? And that was one of mine from the very beginning, which you may have heard me talk about. When I first thought about coaching people or creating Unleash Your Extraordinary, this was like back in on that yoga retreat that I went to in 2017. One of the first things that came to mind, despite the sort of excitement around thinking of the idea of the thing that I wanted to do and that inkling turning from the inkling into actually an idea I could execute, what came to mind was, who am I to do that? And so in this mindset shift, I was able to catch that and think, well, hang on, I'll test it. Rather than just believe it, or I never would have taken action, I never would have tried something, because why would we from a place of who am I to do this? Instead, it's about catching that and just thinking, I'm going to test it. And even thinking like, hey, in a talk, I'm going to test you. Let's go for it. And so that's the sort of wrap on this episode. Again, I'm going to try and make sure that these aren't too crazy long. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I hope running through that product mindset and how we can apply the principles of a product building, sorry, of a product development and the three lenses, solving problems, validating assumptions, and iteratively building a solution, our MVP. I hope that's allowed you to spark ideas and insights for how we can start to apply that to our personal development. And then I hope the questions that we ran through are just helpful to reflect on and let marinate. And I'd almost recommend if you have the time or if you have the opportunity to go back and listen to those questions with a notebook and just write down anything that comes to mind just to start to build that awareness of what is causing me pain, what is slowing me down, what are the assumptions I'm making about myself. And then from that, from those notes, being able to extract and spark ideas for actions to take, experiments to run, and how you can start to come from this mindset of test versus believe. So if this has been helpful, if you found it insightful, I would so appreciate you sharing it with a friend, especially someone like us who is would have been nodding along at the beginning, who's hungry for growth and who would love to start applying this mindset to their personal development. And I have two ideas for next week's episode. So I thought I'd take a poll. I'd sort of, yeah, try out Instagram polls. So I'm going to be running one right now, if you're listening to this on the day of release, over on my Instagram stories. So if you head to at Jess Ratcliffe on Instagram and head to my stories, you'll see the two possible topics for next week. And I'd love for you to cast your vote so then I can start to really focus on what would be most helpful to you and what would you enjoy hearing about, learning about, or us just digging into together. And on that note, if you have a specific topic or if you're struggling with something right now where you're like, oh my God, this has been a humdinger or in doing these questions, like this has come to mind, 
something you're wrestling with that you feel is slowing you down that you'd like to request, please head to jessratcliffe.com forward slash podcast. And there you'll see a request topic form at the bottom of the page where you can just submit and it's anonymous. So I won't mention you in the podcast or anything, but you can just submit your question, your struggle or what you're wrestling with, a topic you'd be interested to dig into together. And then I can start to factor that in to the episodes that will be coming your way every Monday from now on. So there we go. I hope that was helpful. And I hope you're having a lovely start to the week. Thank you again for listening. And I will see you next week. Take care. Bye.